This episode may contain themes that are unsettling for some listeners and includes dialogue that is inappropriate for children under 14. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Juicers, I'm Melissa. And I'm Brooke. And this is For God's Sake. Don't drink the Jones juice. Welcome back to episode 40. 40 episodes. The big four. Oh, and I don't think Brooke and I ever said anything about this on social media, which we should have, but like our one year anniversary for the podcast was like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So happy anniversary to us. Happy anniversary from me to you. <laughs> Yep, yep. Well, uh, here we are, episode 40, and this is our third recording since we've been back in the game. And I just got back from a week-long vacation, so last week's episode was actually a pre-recorded episode. Um, but we are here today, and we are back at it. Um, do you want to discuss anything before we get started, and then I'll kind of talk about my vacation because it is relevant to my case today um I don't really have much to say I mean I um wish that I was also on vacation for a week (laughs) but I was at home with Titus and Scotty and we ate barbecue yesterday my family had a game night which is unusual for my family that's fun and we um played I don't know if you remember but you got us some like cards for yeah christmas or something and we played one in like when 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 we play game night with like brooks family um you know we play like cards against humanity and you know mm-hmm. things that are morbid yeah and sexually <laughs> explicit that kind of thing but my family's very different um and one of them we played and um <laughs> i was gonna say how were those games were they what do you mean was very child appropriate but um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the other one we played um so basically i can't remember what it's called but um so there's like a judge and then you have you know like five cards in your hands and you have to pick which card you think the judge would want to do the least out okay. of all of your cards um and then the judge picks which one from you know everybody that they think is the worst is that the one we played here i don't think we've ever played this one here okay but um one of them was like you know be a human condom or uh have martha stewart baste you like a turkey or (laughs) (laughs) that kind of thing but um it was just really funny because my parents i mean like they find that stuff funny but we were playing with my 13 year old sister and her boyfriend and um one of them my mom put down it was like a a a car wash made out of dicks oh my god that's (laughs) hilarious so um it was actually really funny my mom laughed a lot and i'm glad that we are now at this um level of yeah we can play these weird games so so funny i laughed so much last night it was really fun so it's like a good time 
But other than that... A car wash made of dicks. <laughs> that's great. My dad is such a pun maker, too. And he was like, well, that's a dick ding. And <laughs> <laughs> that's a dick ding. He was like, that must be hard to go through. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Go, and Tracy. Cracking up. Oh, one, one, oh, my dad's a huge Star Wars fan. And one of the cards is um, be a sex slave to Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> and I played that card for him. And he did not choose it. My dad chose, like... Um, there's like a lot of people playing because my aunt and cousin were there too. Oh my I think there was like nine cards he had to read. Mm-hmm. And out of all of them, he chose the one that was like, um, be the stupidest person on the planet. <laughs> and so my dad would rather be a sex slave to Jabba the Hutt than be the stupidest person on the planet. And somebody put down a card that was like, have clitorises all over oh. your body. Oh my God. <laughs> and my dad was like, those are both fine, but I, I will never be stupid. Like, that is just the most horrifying thing to me. And it just... Oh, that is so funny. It cracked me up. I love that y'all played those games. That's hilarious. It just... It's kind of hard when there's a lot of people because you run out of cards so fast that you keep hearing repeating cards and then it's just right. not as funny. But we did have like a blast. That's so. awesome. Glad yep. to hear that. Yeah. Anyway, that's I mean, that's I mean, I feel like there might have been might have been a few other things, but I heard the weather was super nasty here in Georgia. Yeah. Brooke texted me and she's like, you can use my pool anytime you want to, by the way, while I'm gone. And I was like, oh, my God, thanks. But it's literally stormed every single day, which is crazy because we had the most beautiful week. I mean, the weather could not have been any better. Every day was a beach day. That's awesome. Which is beautiful. I'm glad to hear that. They, the picture she showed me, they looked like they had a lot of fun. That water mm. and the sky just looked like, you know. Paradise. Yeah. Like you would see it on online, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like. Very beautiful. I'm glad you got to do that. Absolutely. Well, uh, I guess I can just go ahead and dive on in because um, in my opener here, I kind of want to talk about the island. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story I will be covering for this episode, um, I'm well, the case is local to the place we stayed on vacation and uh, we just got home last night. So uh, my boyfriend, Jared, took me, my daughter and her friend to an island on the Gulf Coast of Florida, and it's called Anna Maria Anna Maria Island. If you've never heard of it, it is basically just a piece of paradise. I mean, it is gorgeous. It's seven miles long. It's a small island. And it's basically known for like beautiful white powdered sugar looking sand. Wow. And clear like emerald green waters. That's in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the Gulf. Um, and it's basically his like favorite piece of paradise you know it looked absolutely beautiful so he's been going for i think about 10 years now wow yeah he goes every single summer so he invited us and we just had a ball it was so much fun um a little bit about anna maria so it consists of three communities there is bradenton beach holmes beach and then at the northern tip it's the city of anna maria island is it very touristy so it used to not be Mm -hmm. over recent years though it's gotten a lot more populated it's still mostly residential 
Um, but I can see where like, he's like, look, when we first started coming here, like nobody knew about this place when we rode in last Saturday. Oh my God. Like just to get to the house took us like an hour and we were on the Island, but the traffic was so bad. And it's only seven miles long. Yeah. That's crazy. It was crazy. So, um, I guess everybody was trying to like either go to their vacation rental or leave. So Mm -hmm. traffic was crazy. Um, but it's still, it's very private. It's, it's still got that like old timey town feel yeah it's not like they don't have a lot of high ri- high rises they don't have any high rises or like fast food chains or that kind of thing so it's right. still you know got that <clears throat> um just private kind of feel mm-hmm. to it i was gonna ask if there were restaurants and stuff like that there's restaurants but you don't have like a mcdonald's you know what i mean right yeah so um but yeah, it's gotten a lot more uh, well known to the tourists in recent years, which is kind of sad. You That's know, very sad. You know, I've never really cared for Florida. Mm-hmm. Like it's never been like when I think of going on vacation, I never am like oh, I want to go to Florida. Mm-hmm. Even though, like I've been to St. Augustine and it's so beautiful. Have you ever been there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so when I was a kid, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, when I think of Florida, I just kind of think of like old men retiring in, <laughs> in Florida. But um, when I went to Panama most recently, that was my first time ever going. I fell in love with the water. Oh, because, it's gorgeous. On the Gulf side? Yeah. Yeah, on the Gulf. Yeah, I know not all Florida water is like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, in the Gulf. Oh, my gosh. Like, I understand now why people go to Panama City Beach mm-hmm. all the time because mm-hmm. it's just it's Beautiful. gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Anna Maria Island's the kind of place where, like, you can swim with manatee in the water. Like, that's how, like, not populated it is. Um, And you, okay, so I, like, went, like, scuba diving, I guess, or, like, just diving. And when I tell you in one sweep that I could pull up, like, 10 sand dollars, yeah. That's, like, how, like, just... I don't know. It's like it's par- like any other beach I've been to. I've never been able to do that. Yeah. You might, might, might look up and find one sand dollar. Mm-hmm. When I tell you we found a hundred while we were there, yeah, like it's it's crazy. Saint Simon's always has a lot of sand dollars. Really? When we went when I was a kid, um, mm-hmm. we, we came back with a ton of sand dollars. See, I hate killing them. It breaks my heart. We only so. take the ones off the beach. Yeah, like, that are well not in the water. We took one just as like a souvenir. Yeah, but I still feel so bad. <laughs> but we went kayaking out into the ocean and, and it looks uh, so fun kayaking scares me but what burke was showing me videos it looked so just relaxing and so oh, fun it was and, so great and the water was so calm mm-hmm. so i was just like lay out it there didn't even the look like the ocean it literally looked like an emerald lake yeah, yeah yeah um so like he would jump off the kayak and go like dive and um we found a lot of cool sea creatures uh sea urchin um uh this giant from what I investigated, I think it was like a sea slug, maybe, oh. I think. But it was huge, and it was orange and, and spotted. But, yeah, there was all kinds of just neat sea life that you don't see, like, when you go to Tybee. Or Tybee. You see, yeah, like, like, a jellyfish. And, yeah. there yeah. Was, We didn't see a single jellyfish. He said 10 years he's never seen one. See, I hate jellyfish. So my mom actually got stung by one when we were in Panama. Ugh. It's like... um. They had these um, like little tiny jellyfish mm-hmm. that were like the size of like half your thumb. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even realize they were jellyfish. We thought it was weird like debris in the water. Yeah. But yeah, one stung my mom right on the boob. Oh, no. Yeah. That's awful. I hate the jelly. That's the worst thing about going to the beach, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we didn't see anything like that. It was just, I mean, where can you swim with manatee? Like... 
just craziness that is awesome so it's beautiful um so now that everybody knows about it (laughs) right (laughs) everybody's gonna go (laughs) right uh so now on to the story um mind you anna maria island is small like i said it's seven miles long it's a small small island that is crazy that it's seven miles Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. i think tybee's smaller than that if i'm not mistaken oh well i mean i guess it seven mm-hmm. miles just for an island seems like it's tiny yeah, yeah. but i mean there's a lot to do at, mm-hmm. a lot of places to drive at tybee so mm-hmm. um it's also known to be very safe uh the c- crime rate is low um when i was there i saw police patrolling the streets several times mm-hmm. um which i might add wasn't the best for what we decided to do one night but i'll get to that later <laughs> So this story starts with a woman by the name of Sabina Musel Bueller. Sabina was a 49-year-old Germany native who came to Anna Maria Island with her American husband, Tom. Sabina and Tom loved Anna Maria Island, and they just fell in love, and they decided that they were going to buy this mom-and-pop-style motel. Cute. They bought it in the early 2000s. The name of the motel was Haley's Motel. In 2005, while Sabina was visiting home in Germany, Tom hired a man by the name of William Cumber. He was also known by Bill. And he hired him to work as a handyman at the motel. Sabina met 39-year-old William the day she got back from Europe. The day they met, William was arrested for arson. Yeah, so they didn't have uh, get to know each other very well before he was arrested. Right. Um, He had also been in prison previously, so he was kind of just looking for work, you know. And so Tom said, hey, I'll take a chance on you and come be a handyman. We need this done. We need that done. So the story goes that after an argument with his then-girlfriend, William returned to her home by crawling through an opening in the patio screen. And this is how he ended up with the arson charge. What a creep. He lit a chair on fire with a lighter. And he later stated that he didn't have the intent to burn down the house, but he wanted to, and I quote, leave a message since he felt scorned. Crazy. Imagine just, like, not being able to leave somebody alone. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No one in the home was injured, but the home was fully engulfed in flames by the time emergency services arrived. Wow. During William's time in prison for the arson, he and Sabina became pen pals. So weird, right? That is super weird. Sabina and her husband Tom separated, but they remained close friends and business partners at the motel. So even though they weren't together, they still, you know, ran the hotel together. Had they a good relationship. Yeah, yeah, they had a really good relationship. Which is also kind of weird. It is. But it hey, is weird. whatever works, yeah. you know. I guess they weren't divorced. They're like, hey, you know, we're getting along for the most part. Let's just do this. You yeah. Know? So uh, Williams finally released from prison in October of 2008. And the two of them, Sabina and him, got an apartment on Magnolia Avenue in Anna Maria. God, why would you want to be with somebody that just broke into somebody's house and their girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Well, red flags, red flags. But hey, you know, that's just something. Unfortunately, women, some women just, you know, we, we feel we're helpers. We're healers. We think we can fix them. You know, you can't, by the way, you cannot. Don't think you can because you can't. 
Now, on the night of November 4th, 2008, remember he had just been released from prison in October. Right. Um, the couple were in separate rooms at their shared apartment. William was in the bedroom watching the presidency election results. This was election night. And Sabina was sitting on the couch in the living room. Both of them had been drinking, William having had drank about six beers, and Sabina was drinking wine. William decides he's going to step outside for a cigarette. And as he walks inside, Sabina smelled the smoke and immediately became irritated. Um, She hated that William was a smoker and he'd sworn to her that he had quit. So this causes an argument. Things only escalated. William said later that he snapped when Sabina said she wanted out of the relationship. She was sitting on the couch, tying her Converse shoes up, about to leave the apartment. Mm-hmm. Now, the couple was already experimenting or experimenting, <laughs> experiencing <laughs> some turmoil. Right. Um, it seemed to William that Sabina seemed to side with her estranged husband on too many issues, and this bothered him. So their relationship was already pretty strained. Tumultuous. And- Tumultuous. At some point during their argument, William punched Sabina twice in the head. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Once with his left fist, once with his right. Sabina didn't fight back, and she went to sit on the couch while timidly covering her bloody face with her hands. Oh, my gosh. She was just scared to death, I'm sure. Yeah, I bet she was. William then strangled Sabina until she was limp and no longer breathing. Wow. Yeah. All because of the cigarette. Because they got in an argument and she was pissy and he was pissy and he is crazy, clearly. Clearly. Now, realizing that she was dead and deciding he was not going to go back to prison, William makes a plan. Oh, my God. He was going to bury Sabina on the beach. He wrapped her body in a sheet from the bed, grabbed her car keys, car keys and placed her body in the backseat of her car. He stopped by and grabbed a shovel from the Haley Motel, and off to the beach just a couple blocks down he went. Wow. Now, this is where William Cumber dug a three feet deep hole and placed Sabina's body. And later he said, It just seemed like the most unexpected spot. It's a spot where you would visit. People would visit. A place that he and Sabina had spent time. An employee of the Haley's Motel said that the couple used to go there and drink wine together. He said he didn't see anyone, but there are homes very close by. Right. And you guys are about to learn a lot more about this area here shortly. Um, He said there was a possibility of me being observed as I was taking the body out. I was just taking my chances. He said it took him about 20 minutes to bury Sabina in the hole, which was about at his waist when he stood in it. He went back to the apartment and he noticed that Sabina's blood was on the couch. He said he cleaned it up with soap and water. Now, the overwhelming stench of bleach detectives noticed once they searched the apartment, Cumber said, was from when he mopped the floors. It wasn't to remove any evidence, he said, explaining that he is just a, quote, stickler for clean floors. Okay, weirdo. Let me tell you, detectives went in that home like four to five weeks after her disappearance, and they still smelled bleach. 
I'm yeah. I'm sure he's using like straight bleach, oh, not yeah. like diluted. I always think that's crazy. Like with mm-hmm. um, you know the story you covered. I can't remember their names, but it was like that guy and the the girl. The guy was like much older. They were the like tender. Witch, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they cleaned up that apartment with bleach, and it just mm-hmm. reeked mm-hmm. of bleach. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah that's really like it's circumstantial like you can't really say anything about it it's kind of obvious but it's very obvious Mm -hmm. it's just crazy that you can't you know in court be like hey it smelled strongly of bleach like yeah yeah so eventually william here ends up getting evicted from the apartment because he can't pay the bills he's straight out of prison he doesn't have a job sabina owns a motel she's making good money she's mm-hmm. basically supporting the couple right. yeah so he ends up getting evicted has nowhere to live good so the next afternoon after he buries sabina am i saying sabine or sabina because you're saying sabina every time you went to say sabine you corrected okay. it so i keep reading it as sabine because it's spelled that way but it is actually sabina is there an a at the end no it's s-a-b-i-n-e but everything okay. I uh, watched was Sabina. So Sabina so. Okay. Uh, the next afternoon, he William says that he drives Sabina's car into neighboring Bradenton. Now, Bradenton is on Anna Maria Island also, but it's not the best of areas. It's one of the less safe areas of Anna Maria Island. Uh-huh. So he parks her car at the Gator Lounge on 14th Street West, and he leaves the keys in the ignition, hoping that someone would steal it and be blamed as the killer. Pretty smart. Someone Is that sarcastic or? No, no, no. You think? Well, that- I mean, it's smart. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Leave her car. Somebody's going to steal it because it's in There's kind of a sketchy area. Something, some, God, what? There's some case I was reading on, or, oh, a serial killer in Stockbridge, Georgia that I was actually going to cover, but mm. decided to do that on a later date. But he killed his um, wife and then put the uh, car like at a shopping mall or something with the keys in the ignition. Like yeah. it was running, yeah. hoping somebody would do it. And her body was like in the trunk or something. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and uh, he, they just Nobody's, called the police. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> nobody stole, stole it. it. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> Well, I guess in this particular area, and especially being outside a bar, he thought, you know, hey, somebody's going to take it. Somebody will do it, yeah. So someone did steal it, and later that day, police stop Sabina's vehicle. The driver, by the name of Robert Corona, who had a lengthy criminal history but no violent offenses, runs off. But deputies caught up to him, and he tells them that he had stolen the car from the bar's parking lot. This did turn out to be true, so Robert Corona was quickly cleared from being a suspect in Sabina's disappearance. Sucks for you, William. (laughs) Now, later, William Cumber didn't give much explanation for why he chose the Gator Lounge. He just said, it was a bar I knew was busy. I could just be a customer parking a car. Right. Sabina's husband reported her missing two days after she was killed. Just two weeks after her appearance, a fire breaks out at Haley's Motel. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sketchy, right? There's a guy in the story that's done arson before. Yeah. Hmm. The two-story office building used by the employees of Haley's Motel was on fire. The building was engulfed in flames when firefighters arrived and was a total loss. That's sad. No one was injured. It's unclear to this day whether or not the fire was related in any way to Sabina's appearance or appearance disappearance or murder rather as we know but i think 
Again, it's pretty damn ob- obvious who did that. Yeah. T- trying to destroy evidence. I mean, lucky for investigators, criminals like William are creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, at least change your tactics. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now, as you can imagine, you know, when any woman or male dies, you know, the first thing they're going to do is investigators are going to look for you know lovers Mm -hmm. because it's always the husband as they say yep so tom you know sabina's husband of course was interrogated and uh a lot of blame unfortunately was put on him you know by the people of the city you know tom had to be the one that did it you know she Mm -hmm. left him he's hangry you know so as you can imagine tom tom's reputation was you know fucked for a while um yeah but everybody also knew she had a boyfriend so there's these two men they're going back and forth from you know interviewing 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 um now here's where it's about to get interesting or at least from my end so while we were in anna maria island my boyfriend tells me sabina's story and clearly i put on my investigation pants and i go to town (laughs) i'm googling 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 and guess what we did friday night around midnight first we went to haley's motel and we snapped some pictures that was pretty cool i will be including those on the facebook and instagram page got some pictures you know of the motel itself of me by the sign so that was pretty rad but uh it gets better then we drove the dark and quiet residential street until we got to the beach access. Me and him jump out of the truck in the pitch black and went on the run looking for Miss Sabina's unfortunate grave. I must also add here that Ansley and her friend were with us. Poor children. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is weird. <clears throat> yeah. So my boyfriend parks, you know, we're at the end of this, basically this alley. Mm-hmm. And he turns off his headlights and there's homes all around us. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, I'm going out there. And so, of course, he jumps out of the truck with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kids are just sitting in the back like, oh, my God. So I'm like, come on, come on, mom, come on. And so we just take off running down this pathway. Yeah. And uh, so here's, you know, Ansley and Abby sitting in this dark truck with no headlights on at the end of a road. Probably and the, freaking out that oh, yeah. police are going to, like, knock on the Well, window. not only that, but we're looking for a dead woman's grave. Right. Like, you know? <laughs> and uh, their caregivers just dart off in the, to the middle of the night to hunt a grave. Right. So... <laughs> Anyway, um, as we're walking through this sandy pathway, we come up on a spot where it's like really flat and Mm -hmm. it looks like it's been cleared out. And so my first instinct tells me like, okay, that had to be where the pavilion once was and they demolished it. That's what anyone would think, right? Like, yeah, that's probably it. So did he bury her and then build a pavilion over? Oh, no, the pavilion was already there. So he just buried her underneath underneath it. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, well, that's got to be the spot. I'm sure they demolished it. Like, why would they keep that up? But something tells me just to keep walking. Right. So I'm like, come on, let's go. And I start, you know, walking again. Suddenly, probably 200 yards maybe um, ahead, I look to my right in the darkness and I see the pavilion. Oh, my God. And uh, my stomach turned and I felt like sick almost instantly. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I was not expecting it to be out there. Yeah. Like, you would think they would tear it down. Like, why would they not? So um, the pavilion wasn't very tall. I'd say it was maybe five feet tall. Like, we would have had to duck to get into it. 
And uh, we stood, you know, a few feet away from it, just snapping photos in the darkness. And there was just such an eerie, just sad feeling there. I wonder if you would have felt that still if you didn't know the story. Right, Or if if you knew the story, it made it feel that way. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just, I had seen pictures of the pavilion, you know, in my Google searches. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when I saw it, I was just like, my heart just stopped. The reality of it. what? It's still there? Like, that blows my mind. That honestly doesn't surprise me. Like, it surprises the shit out of me. I mean, we're talking, you know the length of my house away from residential homes i know but i think maybe they would have if he like built it over her but considering it was already Already there there, i don't know i i personally just it's odd to me that it's still standing and it's almost like disrespectful if you ask me i don't know i mean i'm out here doing this stupid shit like i actually kind of don't think that it is disrespectful i just think it's like he found you know something and then buried her i mean like there are tons of bodies found you know in buildings and stuff like that and they don't get you know torn down so i mean it makes sense that they would keep it up but i i feel what you're saying personally like, i would just like if i like you know or at least was, move it just like, yeah move it over well i would say like why don't you do a memorial there for her mm-hmm. or something like build a bigger nicer pavilion and yeah. like dedicate it to her you yeah. know it's just strange and it's like the it's such a small little like it's not it's kind of an eyesore yeah so it's like why not just tear that thing it down? looked a little junky when you yeah Nobody wants to touch it. They're like, yeah, it's got some so it still looks exactly the same. And what was super eerie to me and, you know, we started talking about when we got back in the truck was like, think about all the families and you guys, you will see this in the picture, but there's a bench in the pavilion. Well, I don't think you, you haven't said how long she was under there for yet. Well, okay. I didn't know if you were going to get to it. Oh, I'm going to. Okay. So I'll just go ahead and tell you guys, I'm going to talk about it in a little while, but this woman was buried under the sand under this pavilion for seven years before her body was recovered. So that was good, Alyssa, that you caught me on that because they would have been like, hmm, what very are you confused. About? Yeah. <laughs> so think about like the families that sat on this bench taking family photos over the years. Like how creepy. Just knowing like later they they know that there was a dead body underneath them. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. And they sat there with their feet on her grave for oh, seven years. It gives me the chills, like mm-hmm. goosebumps. Seven years it took for her body to be discovered, guys. And it probably never would have if not for what I'm going to tell you shortly. Um, it's It's funny though because there's a sign at like the start of the beach trail that says no beach access like we knew where we were like we i would looked for the exact street um so yeah no beach access brooke's gonna access it anyway right (laughs) (laughs) so um i'm super glad too that i have a man now that loves this shit as much as i do and will do it with me you know what i mean like we have so much like creepy shit planned but uh Yeah, so needless to say, the kids were pretty pissed off by the time we get back to the truck and they had locked us out and they were like (laughs) holding the handles and they're like about to cry. And I like it after I snapped the pictures, I was like, 
oh god the kids it's like <laughs> you know you're so excited in the moment you almost just kind of forget and you're like oh god we gotta yeah. get there you know and we don't want the cops to pull up and roll up on us while we're down here at this grave you know and we're not supposed to be there so yeah we like ran back and like they were very upset with us like y'all just disappeared into the darkness to go hunt some dead lady <laughs> they were so mad i can see Ansley being pissed oh she about was that. so mad and then well, i felt awful poor titus when i'm older i know right poor titus <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did i say when i'm older when you're older <laughs> well you know when, when both Titus. of you are older <laughs> when he's older i just know that it's yeah. gonna be like the same thing oh yeah like yeah i i want to hunt all the creepy places <laughs> me too we should totally go to corpsewood manor by the way dude we i actually want to, to do that. so bad yeah let's let's plan it soon so yes especially after seeing that one video that abby oh tagged us in yes. we have to go yeah we have to yeah let's do it i'm gonna message her and ask her, her if he'll like if she can ask him for the address or whatever mm-hmm. that way we kind of like no. know where to go yeah. yeah uh anyway so as anyone would suspect of course mr billy uh, william cumber was a suspect in the case very early on of course again like i said they're always going to look at the lovers yes uh but in the next seven years during which cumber was sentenced to prison for violating his probation for an earlier conviction no charges were filed in the case mostly because investigators were never able to find sabina's remains right it's so hard to convict somebody if you don't don't have have a body. body yeah so over the years and convinced that she was indeed dead they searched several locations on the island without luck um, which is just insane to me. Like I saw videos of them, like just like you know, bulldoze. Not I don't know, bulldozing, whatever. Like just sc- scraping up the beach uh-huh. and searching and uh, combing the beach. Yeah, combing. Yeah. There, that's a better word. Uh, Sabina's purse was found by a homeowner uh, when he was clearing brush near his home in a wooded area uh, right off the beach in July of 2011. Near the pavilion. Yeah, yeah. it was near. Like I just wait. He just threw her purse just into the shrubbery. Yeah. What a- yeah, but see, it took three years before that was found. God. Like, I don't, like, this island is small. To me, like, it shouts p- shitty police work. Yeah. Like, it cannot, it was like a block from the motel. Well, they're probably also thinking, like, no this way is it would a be that close. island. Like, he probably took her somewhere else. I mean, like, the, the island's only seven miles, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, it just, it being a small community, too, they're probably I just... just I feel like people had to walk down that beach access, even go to the pavilion shortly thereafter she was buried. And, and like smell something. You, you would think. I mean, even three foot down or like it would look different. Like yeah. the sand had been, you know, like. Because I feel like it'd be hard to dig in sand. Anyways. I don't know. Um, something I read and did not put in my notes, but apparently like, like he was a really strong guy. And they said that he could dig a four feet hole in 20 minutes and not even break a, a sweat must be nice yeah, i feel like sand would be easier to dig out than like really i feel like clay well I mean, I mean i feel like the act of actually putting the shovel in and scooping it out would be easy but you know like sand falls mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i feel like it'd be hard to have like a an adequate three foot hole right. to bury somebody because it's all just, just kind of sinking in yeah. as you're scooping mm-hmm. that makes sense another uh small detail i did not put in my notes but i was watching a documentary where you know he was questioned of course shortly after she went missing and they took pictures of him Mm -hmm. and uh you know tom her husband had like a cut across his nose and they questioned him about that but like his story or whatever was you know it came out to be true but um william had a like a blister 
on his right hand. Hmm. And as soon as they like showed that picture on this documentary, I was like, the shovel. Yep. The I shovel. knew. Yep. It wasn't. And I think his uh, excuse was like he had fallen off his bike and gotten like road rash or and something. And got a blister. Yeah. That's it was. How works. It was totally like shovel. Like a shovel. So yeah. like everything was adding up like this guy fucking did it. Mm-hmm. But like he just couldn't be Plus charged. her husband, her ex-husband was the one that reported her missing. He didn't even report her missing and he lived with her. That's to me the most damning evidence. Mm-hmm. But Yep. Yeah, it's just crazy to me. I just feel like he should have, like, why can't they, like, just keep somebody without a body? I don't know. I mean, I guess. Because there's no evidence. Like, I mean, but there is evidence. But, but there's not, like, evidence blood. tying them to the body. But yeah. did they did they see the blood? Cause... So another thing, and I did not put this in my notes as well. So there's a few things that I, I want to mention just, you know, that I am not going to read. But um, when they found her car, there was in the back seat there was a uh, kind of a i'd say it was probably about a foot each direction like a circle cut out of the um interior um cloth yeah on the back seat but see if they found blood they probably could have done something but mm-hmm. i mean even stuff like that it's so crazy to me like he cut the blood out, out of this and they can't do anything about it because there's no blood but there was oh there so was they ended up doing like luminol or whatever mm-hmm. that lights it up and like of course it was you know outside the circle he cut yeah. out so but also who's to say he did it you know what i mean true another crazy thing about it though and this is also not in my notes but sabina was very particular about her car she loved her car she didn't even let her husband drive her car but william's dna was found in the driver's seat right so i just feel like everything added up and it's still circumstantial though yeah you know that is very true now uh william cumber got 20 years in prison in exchange for revealing the horrific details of the night of november 4th 2008 20 years 20 years that makes me want to vomit disgusting so he eventually fesses up is he still alive Mm -hmm. he is and in prison yep he is i mean it has to be close to being 20 years let me tell you okay i'm sorry no 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 it's fine (laughs) so he eventually led the manatee county sheriff's office to the spot under the beachfront canopy on 81st street in holmes beach where he said he had buried his girlfriend Uh, again mind you this is very close to the apartment where he murdered her in just a block from the hotel gosh Sabine, Sabina's uh, skeletal remains were found exactly where William claimed he had buried her. Um, but not until, again, a startling seven years after her murder. Insane. Seven years to find this woman's body. And it was maybe a three-minute walk from the apartment and motel. You know, I want to say, like, somebody had to have seen something. You would think. But then I think, like, if I were was in that position and I saw that, I probably wouldn't instantly think, oh, he's burying a body. You know <sighs> what I mean? Like, that's such a... Especially like, on Anna Maria Island. Like, you don't... Right. It, that's just such a, like, a far-fetched, like, like the, the worst-case scenario... Well, kind of thing to think. We'll just think. I mean, Jared and I were out there at midnight in the same spot. If somebody saw, you know, our truck, do you think they'd think we were burying a body? I'm like, no, no. that wouldn't be your first thought. Unless they actually saw the body. Yeah. And like, or, you know, even like the act of him putting like this wrapped up, you know, something into a hole and then burying it. I mean, even still then you would be like, it could be anything. I don't know. I would be like, mm, dude's burying a body. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would... 
I think I would I, just because I'm suspicious of people. Mm-hmm. I would be sus- suspicious, but I don't know if I if I would instantly be like that's for sure what it is. I think I'd be like, hmm, interesting. But I also don't know how sand and pavilions work, so it <laughs> also could just be like foundation. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? He's out there in the middle of the night burying something. Um. So again, I just think all around it was shitty detective work. Um, Definitely. Also, uh, we investigated two other murders while we were there. Now, when I'm telling like Ansley this, she's like, oh, my God, like so many murders here. But if you think about it, Google Covington murder where we live. There is a probably a murder every single day. Oh, probably multiple. I mean, literally, I have this news app, mm-hmm. and I constantly am reading stuff about mm-hmm. people being murdered or, like, killing their families mm-hmm. or whatever, and, like, Conyers and Covington, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, so holy crap. When you think about it, like, there were three main murders that I could find throughout yeah. the years. That's not bad. But when you think about this tiny island, you're like, oh, my God, all these murders. But, like, no. Of yeah. course, they're going to be big news to a small town like that that has a low crime rate. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so one of the murders I do intend on covering because I was also able to get some personal pictures from the place. Now, the other, we went to the location of the murder in the home it happened in um, or the area of the home. But the home had been demolished. So we pull up and I'm like, what the fuck? It's like a big, nice, fancy building. And I'm like, oh, no, it's gone. Right. So they did demolish that one. I think that was the most recent murder. That was a pretty gruesome one. Yeah. I saw um, somebody on Facebook. I can't remember who it was. They didn't post this in our Facebook group. It was just somebody shared it. And I want to say it was in Georgia. It was like this um, family. It was like a like a double wide or like a manufactured home or something like that and um they had you know kids and they like kept them in cages and like you know tortured them and I know like, what you're talking about they uh, they killed the daughter or whatever <sighs> and actually I think they killed all of their kids and maybe I don't remember but the house was up for sale is mm-hmm. basically what I'm trying to get at and mm-hmm. so you know people will really like no. purchase that i don't know they they don't have any shame of like selling a house that like a kid died in or I like something weird in. that house i think definitely should have been demolished yeah that chris watts's house should be demolished oh, that kind of thing so this the one that i you know the other the really bad murder that they demolished the house it was nasty i've got pictures from like the news articles of it so uh-huh. i was expecting to roll up on it and i'm like uh it's not here <laughs> leave it to brooke to um Go scope chasing. out the murders on her vacation yes, now uh tom bueller still runs Haley's motel to this day dude do these little tiny gnats keep flying at you or is it no. just me they keep coming in my face. And it I'm must about be to the computer screen. That's weird. Yeah, the light. Yeah. Well, you'd yeah. think that light back there, but Mm-mm. I don't know. Weird. Anyways. So Tom still runs the uh, motel, and uh, William Cumber is at Lake Correctional Institute near Orlando with an earliest possible release date of October 2029. Bullshit. Bullshit. I think that's insanity. It 100% is. How old will he, would he be? Well, uh, I'm not sure. He was 39 at the time of the murder. That was 2008. So we're talking so he'd 13 still have years. A good bit of life. Yeah, left. yeah. That's I think ridiculous. I think life for life. Life for life. I agree. Especially, I mean, like I mean, 
they probably he probably didn't go for like first degree murder it was probably like second degree murder but still he got the plea deal for sharing where her body was oh yeah that's bullshit Mm -hmm. honestly like Mm -hmm. i'm sure they could have found another way you know what i mean yeah i think it's stupid and it sucks and it's bullshit and i feel so bad for her family i do too you know so with all of that i am gonna leave you with a few words from william cumber once you're done serving your sentence and you're released Will you ever go back to Anna Maria Island? Yes. Do you think you'll be welcome there? Well, um, yes and no. There, if I'm shunned, yes, I'll leave. But I have to be somewhere. Uh, you don't have to be anywhere, actually. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Except for dying in prison. Thank you. Yeah, so that's it. That's all I got there, guys. And again, probably next week I'll be covering another murder on the island. Dude, if not, it'll be soon. This mother effer was like, yeah, I'll go back. But if I'm shunned, I'll leave. Like, yeah. don't go back. Don't go back. Do not go. Do not terrorize this town more than you already have. Ugh. Disgusting. Yuck. Well, that was very interesting. I'm glad you got to cover a story that, you know, you kind of got to go in. Mm-hmm. Not witness, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you know what i mean i know what you mean (laughs) all right time for a breather and we'll be back with miss Alyssa's story welcome back juicers to part two of this episode hey so (laughs) for Brig and I usually take a, a small break in between um, recordings and between stories just to, you know, for Brooke to smoke or us to get a drink or pee or whatever it may be. And they're usually pretty quick. But um, today, for just for the moment, we booked a trip to Salem, Massachusetts. So show did <laughs> for November. So um, neither get, of us have ever been. Yeah. And we're going to do all the witchy things. Yes. So um be prepared for a Salem witch trial episode in November. And our hope is that we can possibly do our Sunday evening, Monday release recording while we're there. Cause we're going to be there like a Thursday through a Monday. So, and even if we can't, if the episode's a day or two late, you know, it, we still that week will be covering uh, Salem. So yay. Yeah. We we're just kind of like chilling. And she was like, I wish we could like go somewhere creepy. And I was like, let's go to Salem. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so we start like booking trips and cars and yep. flights. We've got a flight, an Airbnb and a uh-huh. car already. So, and here we are. Yep. <laughs> so I'm stoked for that because too. I've always wanted to go to Massachusetts, especially Salem. Yeah. Just cause like, like we understand that these women that were killed were not really witches, but it's just I feel like an integral part of like it's so much history to exactly. Salem and just it's so to spooky. the U.S. in general because the witch trials wasn't just a Massachusetts thing. That's just mm-hmm. the most well known. So I'm so excited. Me too. Okay. Anyway. So um. Now I'm going to take this excitement that we feel and totally smash it with my disgusting story. Oh, can't wait. (laughs) 
Um, I do want to preface this and say that um, this story I'm about to tell involves fetishes. Um, particularly those of women's high heel shoes and undergarments. Ew. And while having fetishes is fine, you're allowed to have those. Um, his are just like disturbing because it it goes beyond just high heels and undergarments. Mm. So, um, as you can probably tell from the title, I am covering Jerry Brudos, the shoe fetish slayer. Never heard of this one. I can't believe that. That's crazy. Mm-mm. So my sources are Wikipedia, allthatsinteresting.com, and Murderpedia. Um, I thought this was a bigger named serial killer, but I really couldn't find too much information on it. Um, I didn't really watch any documentaries. I didn't really have um, the time to do it. But um, from every article I read, and I read a bunch of them before I settled on these three, um, it's basically just the same information just reworded on every article. So mm-hmm. um, if you know more about this case than what I'm about to spew from my mouth, I'm sorry, I couldn't find anything else really. So Jerry Brudos was born January 31st, 1939 in Webster, South Dakota. Um, his being born made him the baby of the family. Okay. So... Um, Unfortunately, his mom was extremely upset that she had a second son instead of a girl. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So because of this, um, Brutus was the target for a lot of emotional and physical abuse from his mother. Um, I couldn't really find anything about the abuse other than she would shame him. Kind of bully him. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was obviously unwanted. No. Um his mother would force him to wear girl clothes oh my god in order to humiliate him oh that's so sad and she harbored just a hatred for anything sexual hmm. um like one time i guess he had been doing nighttime things you know if you catch my drift mm-hmm. and his mother um i guess i don't know how she found out um i guess she saw it on his bed sheets and um Ooh. She made him hand wash his his sheets and made him just feel absolutely terrible about doing a pretty normal, you know, preteen thing. Yeah. So, so his family kind of uh, moved around a few times before settling in Salem, Oregon. At the age of five, Brutus developed an interest in women's shoes after he played with a stiletto at a junkyard. Ooh. Now, every article I read said that instead of this being an interest in women's shoes it was a fetish for women's shoes but i just feel like you can't have a fetish at five years old right so um i just think he really like just had a very big interest in them and then it later developed into a fetish Mm -hmm. so he brought those shoes home to try on but when his mother caught him she destroyed them and humiliated him for it which is honestly crazy considering she had been dressing him up as a girl right right to humiliate him i guess what a it weirdo. only works if she forces it i yeah. don't know um like i did this to you but now you like it so exactly mm. um so the interest in these shoes um however didn't go away he eventually attempted to steal his first grade teacher's shoes okay yeah it's getting a little weird yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but it wasn't just shoes that brutos had a fetish for it was also women's underwear excuse me 
He would um, often sneak into neighboring houses and steal panties when he was just a child. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's very odd. Yes. Um, so his teenage years uh, became more troubled than his childhood years. This is when he began to stalk women and would knock them down or choke them until they were unconscious and then he would steal their shoes and run away. Oh my God. Yeah. What? See, this is when like it's a it's... shoe snatcher <laughs> on the loose. It's not a fetish. It's literally uh, I, I mean, can you imagine like on the new nightly news, snoo- uh, shoe snatcher knocks woman down and steals their shoes off their feet. <laughs> like what? Like not only did this woman just go through trauma, now she has to walk home barefoot. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why is it kind of funny though? <laughs> I mean it's not, but it it's just the idea of a dude who's like, I'm literally knocking you out unconscious just to, to steal, steal your, your shoes. shoes. Yeah. Eek. And and see, that just goes to show that he didn't like brand new women's shoes. He liked shoes that women had already been wearing. Yeah. The so. sweatier the better. Right. <laughs> the stinkier the better yeah if there's not blister blood on the back he doesn't want them (laughs) so some sources say that when he was 17 years old he abducted and beat a woman all the while threatening to stab her if she didn't comply with his sexual demands while others say that he actually dug a hole and kept young women in it as sex slaves what i don't know which one dug a hole i saw multiple sources that said a hole multiple sources where it was like oh no he just kind of like held a girl at knife point and like made her undress and took pictures of her naked where is the hole supposedly i don't know okay there what i'm telling you there's not that much information that's so strange but either way that's disgusting um so of course he was arrested and taking taken to a psychiatric ward of oregon state hospital for nine months um, this is where they kind of learned that Brutus's sexual fantasies revolved around his hatred for his mother mm-hmm. and honestly just women in general. Yeah. These fantasies included kidnapping girls and putting them in freezers so he could rearrange their bodies into sexual positions. Like this is what he's telling the doctors that his fantasies are. Ew. Putting them into freezers while they're still alive? Or, like, killing it, them and putting them in a freezer. It just said kidnapping girls and putting them in freezers so he could rearrange their bodies in sexual positions. So, I mean, I would think murder, but... Gross. I don't know. Um, All right, Dahmer. Uh, yeah. So, he underwent a psychiatric evaluation and was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And despite all of this, doctors did not find him a danger to society. Oh. Oh. Like, they're like, oh, this man wants to kidnap girls, put them in a freezer, and then rearrange their bodies into sexual positions. He's fine. Everything's fine. Everything will be okay. That is super disturbing. Yeah. Um, And so, even though he was in the psychiatric ward for nine months, he was still able to graduate high school with his class in 1957. And when he got out of school, became... um, it said an electronics technician, but mm-hmm. I also have read that he was like, um, like an like a, you know, somebody who worked with like electricity, like an electrician okay. assistant or something. I really don't know. That's just what Wikipedia said. He did something electrical. Yes. Um, in 1961, he married a 17 year old girl named Darcy. They moved to to a Salem suburb and had two children with her. Um. 
so she had a daughter first they had a daughter first and um uh brutus was in the room when his daughter was born Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason when his son was born darcy did not want him in the room to witness it and there's no other information other than he just she just didn't want him in it that's very odd but it um really hurt him like a lot yeah and for all this time he was kind of able to like subdue his weird fantasy fetish whatever mm-hmm. um but when this happened it just was like the ultimate form of rejection and he you know started stealing panties and shoes and stuff again so uh. yeah um so he would also make darcy do housework while wearing nothing except for high-heeled shoes mm-hmm. while he took pictures of her and I don't know about you, Brooke, or any of you listening, but when I do housework, it's really not like a sexy activity. It's like <sighs> I got sweat down my boobs and my butt crack. And right. I got, you know, three-day-old pasta on my fingers from digging out stuff from the sink. Right. I don't really want to be wearing high heels and be naked and have pictures taken of me. It's fucking weird. It's really weird. I guess it's almost like, like having like a made fantasy, but naked and not in a and heels yeah so weird um so around this time brutus started getting migraines and quote unquote blackouts and for some odd reason the only way he could relieve these symptoms was if he would break in yes no yes if he would break into girls houses at night and steal their panties and their shoes that's literally that makes no sense (laughs) he's like wow all these blackouts and migraines are happening but i i I just i just have to go steal some panties and And some shoes and it just makes it go away immediate relief like i'm my migraine's gone now (laughs) excedrin will help catch a whiff of that so in may of 1967 he this is kind of when things started becoming sinister he followed a woman home because he liked her shoes okay so he sees this woman walking down the road sees her shoes he's like no that's a shoe i can get behind i'm never gonna wear cute shoes again that's what i'm saying don't just wear the sketchers guys (laughs) so he barged into her house strangled her and then viciously raped her Mm. afterwards he stole a few of her shoes and then left wow yeah i wonder if he stole the one she was wearing so he murdered her uh, no. Okay. She, that was just choked like a, her and raped her. Right. Um, so this is kind of what sparked his 18-month-long spree. So Linda Slauson. It was January 26th of 1968. This is his first victim. Um, Linda Slauson knocked on the Brutus family's door. She was 19 years old and an encyclopedia saleswoman. So I guess she just kind of went door to door, like mm-hmm. knocking and mm-hmm. trying to sell an encyclopedia. But Brutus um, lured her into his basement, you know, by kind of being like, yeah, I'm totally interested in buying your encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. And she was like, great. So he lured her into the basement while darcy and his two children were still home oh um and then he knocked her out with a wooden plank and then strangled her he dressed her in different undergarments and shoes that he had stolen and then arranged her body in provocative poses and took pictures of them that's so awful 
Then he used a hacksaw to sever her foot and then put it in a freezer to use as a model for his growing shoe collection. Hmm. After stashing her body in his garage for a few days, he tied her body to a car engine and dumped it into, I meant to look up how to pronounce this, but I think it's the Willamette River. Mm. Um, so. And he did all of that with his wife and children upstairs. Yes. That is so scary. Um, yeah. And um, Darcy, she was not allowed to enter the basement without first um, going on to an intercom and being like, hey. Um, Can I come down? I need to come down there. So, I mean, there really could be no way she knew, um, but it's highly suspected that she did know that this stuff was going on. Mm -hmm. um, later on, um, during his trial, they did try her as an accomplice, but she was, um, it was, they said she was not involved at all and she didn't know, so. Okay. I don't know. So, um, his next victim, Karen Sprinker, who was a student at Oregon State and was only 18 years old, when Jerry Brudos abducted her at gunpoint outside of a department store, May of 1968. She was supposed to be meeting her mother for lunch, but she never showed up. Her car was later found abandoned on the store's rooftop. So when good old Brutus, um, you know, met her at gunpoint, um, he was dressed in women's clothing, mm -hmm. which is fine. You can do that, but um, you don't you don't do that also <clears throat> while putting somebody at gunpoint, holding somebody at gunpoint. Oh, gosh. So he, you know, brought her to his home and put her in the garage, forced her to try on his undergarment collection, and then made her pose in sexually suggestive positions, you know, while taking pictures of her. He raped her and then hung her by her neck on a pulley, strangling her. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Over a period of time, Brutus would have sex with her body on several occasions. He eventually cut off her breasts and made plastic molds of them. And then I guess when her body was just kind of too rotted and gross to, you know, have sex with still, mm -hmm. he tied her body to a car engine and threw it into the Willamette River, too. Mm -mm. On November 26, 1968, Jan Susan Whitney's car broke down on Interstate 5 between Salem and Albany. Brutus spotted her and offered to give her a ride to his house so that she could call a tow truck. Once Whitney got inside of his car, Brutus immediately strangled her with a leather strap. He raped her post-mortem and then brought her body back to his garage where he kept her body hanging from that same pulley for several days. And um, during this time, he would dress, photograph, and rape her. Body. I, I feel like there's no way the wife didn't know this was going on. I mean, it's a lot yeah. to not know. Yeah. Like, if Scotty brought a dead body into my house, I would know for sure. I, I, right. <laughs> yeah. But then again, you know, I'm not as submissive as some women. Like, if Scotty was like, you can only come into the garage if you speak on this intercom, I'd be like, uh, uh fuck you. I can go wherever I want to right. in this house. Well, and two, we're talking, what, the 50s and 60s? Women were very submissive yeah. and listened to their husbands. That's I could have never lived in that time. I don't know. 
So Brutus would eventually cut off one of her breasts and make a resin mold out of it and use it as a paperweight. What the fuck? How do you not notice? Like, do you, if I went into somebody's garage, basement, whatever, and they had a boob paperweight that was like an actual size of a boob. Yeah. Especially back then, I would be very concerned. Exactly. Like, that's not, like, you could probably find a boob paperweight nowadays. Yeah. But back then, I really feel like that you'd would have to, be um, a little unacceptable. Like, you'd have to go to the black market to find a boob paperweight. Where but now like, you can just go to, like, Spencer's or something. If you're using legit body parts to make a paperweight would it not like decompose well it was made with like resin so oh i got you i got you i guess he used it just as a mold Mm -hmm. i don't know um so he disposed of her body by tying it to a railroad iron and also threw it in the willamette alongside slauson's foot because it had rotted yeah yeah Um, Brutus also attempted to abduct 24-year-old Sharon Wood at gunpoint from the basement floor of a parking garage on April 21st, 1969. So, the very next day, April 22nd, he tried to abduct Gloria Jean Smith, who was only 15. Mm. Thankfully, they got away. God, he's doing a lot in a short period of time. He really is, like, unhinged. Mm. So, okay, I just want you to think about these dates. The first girl he tried to abduct was April 21st. Mm -hmm. The second girl was April 22nd. Wow. This third girl, April 23rd. Wow. 22-year-old Linda. I meant to look up how to pronounce this too. I think it's Saley. It's S-A-L-E-E. That's what it sounds like. She was shopping at Portland's Lloyd Center Shopping Center for a birthday gift for her boyfriend. She was last seen walking out of a jewelry store at 5.30 p.m., and her car was later found abandoned in the parking lot. Brutus had abducted her and brought her back to his house and into his garage where he raped and strangled her and played with her corpse the same way he did with the others. My God. Um, He did not cut off her breasts, though, because they were, quote, unquote, too pink. What? Uh, Why are you being picky? I mean, who knows? Ew. Okay. Ew. <laughs> so Ew. instead of cutting off her breasts, um, he drove an electrical current through her body to make it jump, <sighs> but it failed. And um, so he tied a car transmission with a nylon cord to her body and threw it into the Willamette. Can you say mommy issues? Not just mommy issues, but this is strangely just like Jeffrey Dahmer-esque AF. for real. Like if Jeffrey Dahmer... Was into women. Yeah, and like feet, I mean shoes, and women's panties. Mm -hmm. I mean, he used to do experiments too. Yeah. And also Robert Burdella did the same thing. I don't know if you remember me talking about that in that episode, but he would do electrical currents through people too, but I think they were still alive. Oh. Yeah, it's gross. <sighs> yeah, so um, police alongside the FBI had been scrambling to find any leads on the missing women, but were turning up with nothing until May of 1969. And I mean, remember, like, there's no bodies. Mm-hmm. They just know that these people are missing. Like, um, you know, like with a lot of people, like, 
uh, Ted Bundy, you know, there's a body. Yeah. So they know that there's like a serial killer. Yeah. But at this point, it's like all these women are just going missing. And it's like, you know, hmm. there's so many, you know, different things that they could be doing. They could have, you know, different people could have kidnapped them or they could have just left town or who knows. So um, a fisherman named Sam Wallace was looking for a place to fish at the Long Tom River when he spotted something floating near the surface of the water. What do you think that was? A body. Yeah, it was a human body. (coughs) So he immediately got in his car and drove to the nearest gas station to call the police. Benton County Sheriff's deputies hurried to the river. The body was tied by nylon cords and copper wires to a car transmission. Deputies removed the victim, later identifying her as Linda Staley. They figured there would probably be more bodies in the same area considering there were so many women missing. Mm -hmm. So they drained the river and two days later found the body of Karen Sprinker. Both victims were partially clothed. Hmm. So now the now the police have bodies, but they don't have suspects. So they asked students at a nearby university for any possible leads, and one student led police to Brutos, which is like, what a stroke of luck. Yeah. Apparently, an Oregon State co-ed had received a phone call who identified as a Vietnam vet, and... Brutos did join the military for like a split second, but he was kicked out because of quote unquote bizarre behavior and interests. Imagine so, that. Right. Like I'm kind of, I don't understand, but you know. I'm shook. Um, he said that he had learned a new method of study while being a patient at Walter Reed Medical Center and asked if she'd like to meet to discuss it. Mm. Imagine getting a phone call and you're like, hi, I'm a Vietnam vet and I was at this hospital and I know something that I studied and you'd like it too, even though I do not know you. Yeah. Ew. And she was like, okay. And she did it? Let's do it. No. Um, But then the co-ed was like, eh. Feeling kind of weird about this. This is a little sus. Um, And his intentions are probably gross. Yeah. So, um, Brutus told her at some point that he couldn't, or I don't know if, okay, it'd make more sense if the co-ed said this, but in my notes it says Brutus said this. Yeah. So one of them said they couldn't meet for a date because they had to change the motor in his, in their car. And I think it was Brutus, um, had to change the motor and that was just weird. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Maybe he just got a weird feeling about it. Yeah. Like he was going to get caught or something. Well, the police asked the co-ed to accept a date with him and meet him at her dorm on campus. Eh. And the police would be there waiting for him. Mm-hmm. So when Brutus arrived, the police rushed him into a room and began questioning him. And initially, Brutus gave them his, uh, like a false address. So that's weird. Yeah. And they were like, that's weird because mm-hmm. we know your address and it's not the one you're saying. So you're already lo- looking super suspicious. Right. 
Regardless, they found their way to his house and into his garage, where they found copper wire that was determined to have been cut with the same tool that cut the cords used to tie the bodies. The most damning evidence were, do you want to guess what it was? Feet. Shoes. No. (laughs) It was all the photographs that he Mm. had been taking of his victims... And he was arrested and made a full confession. Wow. June 28th, 1969, Brutus pled guilty to three first-degree murders for Sprinker, Whitney, and Saley. He was sentenced to three consecutive terms of life imprisonment in Oregon State Penitentiary. Good stuff. He was never tried or convicted of Slauson's murder because they didn't have any evidence proving it at the time of the trial Mm -hmm. um, because they couldn't find her body. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they, you know, they they linked it to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And her body was later found or her body was found a month after Brudos's conviction a mile downstream from where he had originally thrown her in. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't be, you know, I guess tried on that because of it. Yeah. Um, so while Brutus was in prison, (laughs) um, he had a stockpile of, um, women's shoe catalogs. Oh my God. Do you know what he used that for? I can imagine. Um, yeah. So he wrote (laughs) to a shoe, to, to shoe companies, basically telling them that it was his substitute for porn. Okay. So he's like, hey, I'm in prison and uh, I want to masturbate to shoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you please send them free? And I, I guess the shoe companies were like, um, yeah. Sure, of course. Sure, we totally condone you jerking it off to our shoes. That's yeah. totally cool, you psychopath serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, Brutus also, like, after each murder, he would um, just wear women's clothes and masturbate. <sighs> So it was like, I don't know, I guess seeing the this rotten foot in a shoe that really got him going. And he, uh, totally normal. Yeah. Um, and March 29th of 2006, Jerry Brudos died in prison at the age of 67. How unfortunate. Yeah. So, um, I know that wasn't really very long or a lot. No, that's good stuff, though. I've never, ever heard it. It was just very hard to find information about, like, I mean, there was information, like, about the trial and stuff like that, but it wasn't very, um... Relevant. And, yeah, it was like, you know, he had liver disease and, you know, that kind of thing. None of it really was very interesting, mm-hmm. I feel, um... But, yeah, he What would have been gross. better is if somebody shoved a shoe up his ass and that's how he died? I'm sure he would have orgasmed while he was dying so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's um jerry brutos and he's disgusting and it's okay to have a shoe fetish but not if you're gonna murder women for it yeah yeah so yucky um, guard your feet guys mm-hmm. and i mean honestly guard everything because there's a fetish for everything these days there there really is <clears throat> and I'm not I'm not gonna kink shame or anything like that, but like some of them are just very concerning. I'm just really, really into the pink of the eye. That's my thing. Is that a joke? 
Yes, it's a joke, okay. Alyssa. Thank God. <laughs> so like, that's disgusting. I'm just saying there is legit like a fetish for everything. No, there really is. Like, um, you really thought I was serious? No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know you. You could have a in, weird in between fetish. the fingers. I love that area. Oh, the webbing of the fingers. Yep, that's yeah. it. Lick, it just gets me going. Lick them one by one. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know, um, I mean, like, obviously, a foot fetish really isn't that far-fetched. It's it's a pretty common thing. I mean, they literally have. Oh, yeah. Like, um, it, I know there's this one website that's kind of like Instagram, mm-hmm. and it's basically for men to buy feet pictures from you. Mm-hmm. It's like a, the only fans, but for feet. And, um, I mean, I know people who have sent feet pictures to men and gotten money for it, and easy easy money really i mean uh, anyways (laughs) i don't know it's if you have a foot fetish and you're listening i'm sorry but no i mean it's fine (laughs) just don't kill anyone yeah and um feet are gross i genuinely hate feet like i don't hate feet i don't have an issue with feet really they don't bother me i have a bad issue with feet like i will put my feet all over scotty but (laughs) if he puts his foot near me i'm like oh my god that's ansley but she hates her feet and anyone else's i don't like my feet either like I just don't like feet. They're That's just so funny to me. They're just gross, and they always smell like corn chips or something. Dear <laughs> God, corn chips! I just can't imagine like what's appealing about a foot. Like, I don't know. To to the extent of like actually, like getting aroused by it. Yeah. So, anyways, um. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from that. Yeah. I feel like I just like splurt like blurted out a bunch of like gross information and now I'm like <laughs> yeah. what do I say? What do I do? <laughs> no. Uh we hope you guys enjoyed episode forty. It was a good time. I'm so, 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 so happy to be back in this. Me too. When we were downstairs during the break, Brooke was taking out the trash and she's like, I'm so glad we're back doing this it's just i enjoy my time with Alyssa. i enjoy podcasting in general i enjoy hearing her stories learning new things um just everything that goes along with it love you guys love the group um if you aren't already we are on social media we are on facebook please join us there at for god's sake don't drink the jones juice instagram at don't drink the jones juice tiktok at for god's sake Uh, just don't drink the don't drink the jones juice um also we do have a clothing store at storefrontier.com slash don't drink the jones juice and brooke still has shirts available at cupid slave somebody actually i don't know if you saw on facebook somebody inquired about those okay i must have missed it i'll go back and look i do still have a few i am not sure what size yeah they were wanting to know what sizes you had left so i guess whenever you get the chance um look up that and, and we'll do it. We can tell you guys what we have left. And um, is that it? I think that's else? it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I know we have said this in I don't even know how many episodes. Like so many. But me and Brooke are seriously going to get um, started on making a Patreon. Yes. And, um, I think I've said this before in an episode. I can't remember. But um, if there is some... If you... Or like, I want to subscribe to your Patreon. I want to, you know, help you guys with your podcast, you know, financially. And it's not going to be anything crazy. 
um, let us know some ideas of things that you would want. Um, you know, I was thinking, you know, we could, you know, um, release like bonus episodes a month. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do like a video of a recording a month. Mm-hmm. Um, we could, um, oh gosh, I had so many the other day. Maybe like Brooke and I can put our own personal music playlists out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just let us know what you would like. That way we can kind of like you know, we're not just giving you stuff that you don't care about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think I will make a poll or something like that and you can just add it in, in the Facebook group. Um, if you are in our Facebook group and you don't follow our Instagram, go follow our Instagram, please, because we literally are missing like a thousand of you. And Mm -hmm. I know some of you don't have Instagrams, but if you do, help us mm-hmm. out and follow it because like we we uh yeah we need some help on that end we, we really do we don't know <laughs> what to do about it so but anyways um we love you guys and we're so thankful that you guys still listen to us mm-hmm. and for god's sake don't drink the jones juice <laughs>